Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to go ahead and subscribe to our Journey YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you all right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. As you may know, this is a very exciting time for our church. We are only two weeks away from opening the Four Center, our first non-portable facility right here at 2314 Bren Road in Murray. And we cannot wait to welcome so many of you and your friends on February 27th at 9 and 10.30 a.m. for one of our two services. And as you might imagine, all this excitement's generating a lot of curiosity and conversation in our communities which is a great thing because it is creating the opportunity for those of us who are followers of Jesus to talk about Jesus in some places where those conversations don't usually happen. But I will let all of you who aren't Christians or you aren't church people in on a little secret. We don't always know what to say and we don't always know how to explain why we follow Jesus in short, simple terms. Matter of fact, sometimes we're really bad at explaining why we follow Jesus. So What I want to do is I want to give you a simple way to think about and hopefully talk about faith, especially when you're in a situation where there's a little bit of time and maybe even less interest in the topic. So let's dive into it on this week's episode of Journey at Home. So here's a little confession. One of the more awkward moments for us as Christians is often when somebody takes a shot at what we believe and we're just not sure what to say or how to respond. And what I mean by that is usually it's like a quick hit and run comment somebody makes and before we can figure out how to respond, the conversation just moves on to something else. They'll say something like, oh, so you're one of those church people kind of comments or I didn't know you were into all that Bible stuff or well, I'd forgotten you were religious. I mean, it's just this quick shot, right? And then Everybody moves on, the subject changes, conversation moves forward, but all of you who aren't church people should probably know that when that happens, it's not that we don't want to clear up the misconceptions. It's not that we don't want to respond. It's just that we're usually so thrown off that by the time we figure out what to say, well, it's too late. It's really frustrating because, uh, not that we were offended by the comment, that's not it. It's frustrating because we'd like to clear up the confusion about who we are and why we follow Jesus, and we feel like you know we just missed the moment. We didn't get the opportunity to do it. Now, what I find interesting about this dynamic is right here in the U.S., if you notice, people very rarely take those kinds of shots at Jesus. The shots are usually aimed at the church or you know my lifestyle, my morality choices, or you know some experience they had with a Christian one time. It's just not about Jesus. So what I want to do for the next couple of episodes is I want to give you if you're a follower of Jesus, a simple answer that you can give to help people understand why you follow Jesus and why you are connected with a church. And for those of you who aren't church people, I want to give you something to think about that maybe is going to cause you to reconsider why you should follow Jesus. This little tip I'm going to give you comes from none other than Peter. You probably heard of him. As you can imagine, Peter and the early followers of Jesus had to deal with more than just a passing jab here and there from people. I mean, they'd have signed up all day long for the kind of criticism that we experience. Now, these Christians were viewed by people in the first century as a threat. The Jews viewed them as a threat to the ancient practice of Judaism, 
Well, the Romans and Greeks viewed them as a threat to the religious systems of you know, all the gods that they worshipped. And so because of that, these first century Christians faced persecution on all fronts. Which is why in a letter to some of these Christians, Peter wrote this. He said, who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? Well, the answer is not usually anybody. But that wasn't true for Christians. So he says, but even if you should suffer for what's right, which is what was happening to them, he says, you're blessed. He says, do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Now again, it's not a real problem for us today, at least not those of us in America. I mean, you may say you've been persecuted for your faith, but let's be honest, it's pretty mild compared to other places in the world right now, and it's certainly mild compared to what first century Christians experienced. I mean, Christians in Peter's time weren't persecuted because they argued that their God was better than all the other gods. No, they were persecuted because they argued their God was the only God. And in a world where people believed in all those Greek gods and all those Roman gods, well, you can imagine this made Christians pretty suspicious. And in a world where the Roman emperor was considered a divine God, well, that made Christians threatening. That was at the heart of all the animosity and the violence towards Christians. It's why so many of them, including Peter, were eventually killed for their faith. They were challenging the status quo for everyone with their simple belief in one God and their insistence that none of the other gods even existed. So, in light of all of those threats and all of that fear, Peter gives them some advice to help them navigate through those circumstances. Here's what he says. He says, but in your hearts, I want you to revere Christ as Lord. Now, to revere just means to put something front and center. It means to focus on something as your top priority. So Peter's saying, all right, if you want to overcome all the fear and the persecution you're facing, you got to revere Christ as your Lord. you got to keep him front and center as your leader. you got to decide, because this is how most people thought, you got to decide, Caesar, he's not your Lord. I mean, everybody else considers him the supreme power in their life. Because of that, they bow to whatever he says. You need to decide Jesus is the supreme power in your life, and you need to bow to what he says whenever what Jesus says conflicts with what Caesar says. You got to let Jesus call the shots, which for them was a lot easier said than done. I mean, for us, we don't have a Caesar breathing down our necks, but let's be honest. We still struggle with letting our careers call the shots or money call the shots or people call the shots, don't we? And Peter's going, you got to decide you're going to let Jesus have the ultimate say. You're going to let him call the shots in your life. And then Peter gives us this advice that I want you to think about. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Because once you decide to let Jesus call all the shots in your life, well, you're going to find a hope in you that other people don't have, and it's going to be obvious, or it should be obvious, to everybody around you. And because it's going to be obvious, they're going to get curious about why you got the peace you have, why you love the way you do, why you forgive like you do, why you have the joy that you have. And so Peter's going, okay, you're going to shine like a light in the darkness by the way you're living, so you got to be ready to give them an explanation for the hope that you have. Now, just to be clear, Peter is not saying you need to be ready to explain your Christian worldview, or you need to be ready to defend the Bible, or you got to defend why certain things are in the Old Testament and how could those miracles have happened. No, no. He's not even saying you ought to be ready to give a defense of your church or of Christians who've been hypocrites in the past. Nope. He's saying you should be ready to give a reason, to give an explanation for the hope that you have inside of you. You ought to be able to give a reason for why you have personally chosen to follow Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. Now, here's what I want you to think about. If you had a chance to ask Peter yourself, okay, well, Peter, what's your explanation for the hope that you have? 
Well, Peter would have answered you with a simple two-word answer. He would have looked back at you and said, oh, it's simple, the resurrection. Peter, why do you follow Jesus? Oh, it's not complicated. Jesus was my friend, but then once he was arrested, I got so scared I denied him three times that I even knew him, and, and then I ran away and I abandoned him. I mean, I wasn't even there when Jesus was crucified on a Roman cross, but some of my friends were there. They watched him die. They watched him to be placed in a tomb. And Peter would tell you, I gave up all hope. I gave up all hope that Jesus was who he claimed to be. I was certain I'd bet on the wrong horse, and I'd gotten it all wrong. And then Peter would say the craziest thing happened. A few days later, I was having breakfast with Jesus on the beach. So there's why I have hope. When a man predicts his own death and resurrection and pulls it off, I'm just going to believe whatever he says. I'm following him no matter what it costs me. To which you might say, whoa, Peter, but... What about that story in the Jewish scriptures of Noah and the ark? You really believe that? And you really think God created the world in seven days or was it seven time periods? And Peter, while you're at it, why would God let bad things happen to good people like you? And I think Peter would say to you, you know what? I don't know how to explain all that. Here's what I know. <laughs> he was dead and then he was alive. He was in the tomb and then there I was eating breakfast with him. So you want to know why I follow Jesus? That's why I follow Jesus. And... That hope, that belief, well, that is why Peter would eventually give his life for Jesus. Now, don't miss this. He gave his life not for some beliefs. People die for beliefs all the time. That's nothing remarkable. Peter gave his life because he would not deny what he had seen and experienced. He wouldn't deny the resurrection. So, if you're not a follower of Jesus, or maybe you used to be a church person, but you, know, you just gave that up, well, this is why I would encourage you to reconsider not because all Christians are such great people. They're not. Not because everybody needs a little religion in their life. You don't. You don't need any religion in your life. What you do need, though, you need hope. Specifically, you need a hope that is tied to an event that is unshakable, the resurrection of Jesus. Because that hope can never be shaken or taken from you. And for all of us who are Christians, and you know we get knocked off balance when people make some quick criticism or jab some comment at us or they ask us questions we don't know answers to about our faith. Listen, there is no need for you to worry about that anymore. You can explain your hope in a single sentence. Jesus died and rose again to pay for my sin. That's why I followed Jesus. That's why I have hope. You do not have to explain everything. You don't have to have answers to it all. You just need to share that your hope is connected to, tied to, anchored to, the resurrection, and that changes everything for you. So, for all of us who follow Jesus, I want to encourage you to take every opportunity you have in the next few weeks to invite your friends who aren't in church, your friends who are skeptical, your friends who don't believe, to invite them to give Jesus another look. Maybe you can encourage them to watch Journey at Home. Maybe you can invite them to our opening services at the Force Center on February 27th. And if they ask you why you'd ever be one of those Christians, you can tell them, hey, Jesus died and rose again for my sin. And that hope has changed everything. And that hope is what everyone needs. And we'll pick it up right there in episode two of Ready to Go. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church or to find our app or our YouTube channel, just visit journeycalway.com. 
That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.